This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You want your Burt Show in one full show every day uninterrupted, and dang it, you don't want ads. No problem. Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. So I had a pretty scary situation yesterday. Driving right here, right down the road. Um, I booked myself a massage yesterday. I was going to do a little, little body work yesterday. No working out. Body didn't feel good. Doctor keeps telling me, working out too much. Every now and then, got to go get yourself a massage and chill out, man. I don't think I've ever had a doctor tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I go to some yeah. bougie, bougie doctor. Right. Hey, Kristen, you've been doing way too much hot yoga. You need, you need to dial it back. <laughs> well, yoga and lifting, I think, are two different Very things, different right? Things, One's a little yeah. bit more straightful on your body. So they're like, look, if you're working your body so much, you got to have some balance here, man. you got to take a day or two during the week, get a massage, do some self-care. You know, it's not all about the gym. Okay. So uh, I get in my car and I book a massage for the middle of the day. And as I'm heading down the road, um, there's a merge right by the radio station here on the way to get a massage that two lanes sort of start to merge into each other. And if you're not careful and two people aren't being polite about it, then you're going to have a little like, am I supposed to go? Are you supposed to go? And it's going to get a little hairy. So like a standoff. Is this um, where the construction is and to go underneath? No, it's no. the other way. Oh, it's the other way. So okay. it's Glenridge towards Roswell. Got it. Okay. So um, I might have been a little aggressive yesterday in cutting a car off. On your way to a massage? It's just, it, it wasn't. A, <laughs> you know what? In the overall scheme of things, let me be honest with you. On a scale of one to five, when it comes to being an aggressive driver, I'm at about a three and a half. Yeah. I'm an aggressive driver. I'd You're, say four. Yeah, I'd say yeah, four. I would, okay. yeah. I would say seven. <laughs> well, we were being nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was trying to give myself a little grace. I, I know now not to do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> probably a four for sure. All right, I'm I a don't aggressive. ever ride with him. I, I don't plan to. At this rate. <laughs> So uh, me and this other guy kind of like start to merge into each other. Uh, of course, you know, being the aggressive one I am, I get the better of the other guy. And this other guy is in this super freaking loud car. And I get a little on the scared side, to be honest with you, as he starts to tailgate me just a little bit. And I'm like, what the hell? And this dude follows me all the way to my massage. I'm starting to get a little bit on the nervous side now. No. I'm like, oh, no, what the hell is happening, right? Kaylee, you can take it from here. So, yeah. Kaylee so, had a front uh, a front view to the whole situation. So I went home after the show yesterday and then had to double back here because I had an appointment right down the street at 2 p.m. And as I'm cruising down the road, some ass <laughs> just cuts me off all aggressive. And I go... Well, and I was like, what an a-hole. And I wasn't even like driving. I was just kind of cruising. And so and I'm like, wait a second. Is that Bert? <laughs> and so I'm like, I got 20 minutes to kill. I'm early on my appointment. And I was like, I go, let me see where he goes. Because I was like, maybe he'll go home. I haven't seen his new house, so I'll follow him home. <laughs> so, or whatever. Because I know he lives around here. And so he's like, starts to drive. Maybe he's thinking because I'm following him or yes. I'm on him. My car is all loud. So he's like being aggressive. And I'm like, and I'm just on him. And I'm like, and, and, and I even listen. And I even send him a text like, dude, I'm right behind you. Now, I'm not reading said text because I'm. Driving, driving. <laughs> and also driving for my life at this point because there's a maniac behind so, me. So listen, so so we get on to this main road where I, the, the destination where I'm going is on this main road. So, but I pass it and I take a right, right in between. I basically that building and this Kroger parking lot, and then he starts to go and he like guns it as soon as he gets on this road. And I go, all right, I'm not even gonna mess with him. I'm just gonna go my way. So I pull into the Kroger parking lot and I see him like about 
500 feet down, do a U-turn and turn around. I was trying to lose this You're morning. trying to lose this Too furious, Sandy Springs. Sandy Springs drift. And so it was like either he was just so aimlessly missed his turn, I, I didn't know where he was going, but he just flipped it. And then pulled right into the parking lot. So I, I didn't know if this moron, I wasn't entirely sure if this moron, whoever it was, in the super freaking loud car. The, the moron you cut off. I, it wasn't really a cut off as uh -huh. much as it was an aggressive uh -huh. marriage. Uh -huh. One's a moron, another's an a-hole. I didn't punch him in the face, I just hit him. You could have, like, if you did do that, like, I understand, bro, you got to get over. Like, when you get in front of me, you can kind of, like, just raise your hand. I can see, like, you know, hey, yeah. sorry, bro, I got to get over. I had to get over, you know, type thing. So, do I, anything. so just... I drive past where I'm supposed to, right? Just making sure, like, is this guy, <laughs> is this guy following me or not? So as I oh, was. go past my turn, this morning moron per turns left into the parking lot, so then I do a U-turn and it was like being in Top Gun where you don't realize the plane, the guy that's about to shoot you, is now behind you! <laughs> and so I'm now behind Kaylee. Now what are you gonna do? Well, what I did do was, I was like, maybe he got my text message and he turned around. Oh, of course. Okay, and so I pulled into the park and I parked, like, right there before Kroger, like, on the side. So right. it's, there's Kroger... Three stores and then the place that I'm getting a massage. Okay, so really quick before we hear the <laughs> epic conclusion. <laughs> yeah. okay. you, you do realize you park next to each other every single day. Yeah. How do you not know his car? Uh, I am not exactly sure that I have ever... First of all, the, the car was so loud that I had tricked myself into thinking that it was some random dude because Kaylee's car would never be this loud. Of all people, <laughs> Kaylee's car would be this loud. It's like a... What is that? A V50? That's something. I just wasn't sure. And as I was looking in my rear view and I was like super freaked out, I couldn't make out... It, I didn't even think... I, he wasn't even on my radar, to That's be honest. Hilarious because we don't have assigned parking, but we have assigned parking. <laughs> and I kid you not, Bert and Kaylee park <laughs> right next to each other wow. every single day. <laughs> every day. Wow. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he has to see my car because I'm here before him. So he has to literally look at my car as he's walking in. Because he leaves because he leaves before me. <laughs> so here we go. So I pull in and I pull off to the side, like <laughs> not in a turning lane, but it's like right before Kroger. There's like a little place that I pull up. And it, I get out of the car. It appears to me like this guy has followed me and he knows I'm behind him and he gets out of the car and is looking to face off me now. Okay? Well, I don't know where in his head he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got a great imagination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this the second season of Beef? Yeah. 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 This is how Beef started. So he pulls in and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to chat with him real quick. And he pulls into the parking spot right in front of the massage, gets out. I'm standing out of my car. He looks right at me, turns and walks into the massage. Still place. couldn't tell it was Kaylee. Oh, what? what? I'm like 10 feet from you. He goes, <laughs> so let me say this. To be fair, yeah. you kind of can't see. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, so you're an aggressive driver who can't see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're on the left of me driving, you're fine. If you're on the right of me, I can't promise anything. Because I was going to tell you guys that my eye has gotten worse. My right oh, eye has no. gotten worse. Yeah. So and I'm going, I have to leave early today to go get it checked out. So I'm looking at this more, this huge <laughs> figure. <laughs> Who's got his hands out like it in my head now? It's like, come on. Let's do this. Come on. Bro. What are we doing? So I dash in to get my massage. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, so you go in to get your massage. Yeah. So throughout your entire massage, yeah. did you still think some lunatic had tailed you into the parking lot? Uh, yes. Uh, I had figured that it was over because I went into the massage uh, as the coward I am, and he's not going to wait for me for 90 uh -huh. minutes. So I get out, and I start driving home, and only then do I see his text that says, I'm behind you. Now, mind you, here's more confusion. So I started looking behind me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then he texts me back right now? <laughs> he had said it an hour and a half earlier. <laughs> he goes, right now? I go, no, not right now. So then I start putting together like, oh, the moron is Kaylee. <laughs> 
wow. It's a Monday afternoon for you. Wow. That is hilarious. Uh, it really was like, um, what's the old classic book when you're fighting uh, windmills? The dude is fighting windmills, Don Quixote. Yeah. Remember, because he thought it were dragons and there was nothing there at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was you, me. You created a dragon and I, it was actually Kaylee. That was fun. Yep. Oh, that's epic. <laughs> yeah. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. The Golden Globes were Sunday night, and I think the best part about the days following a big awards show like this are all the interview clips that start coming out, and Emma Stone got admittedly what I think a stupid question, and she answered by calling Taylor Swift an a-hole. So Emma, she's up on stage with a bunch of other actors, and they're answering questions press conference style. And then one of the interviewers asked Emma Stone how she felt about Taylor Swift cheering for her. So she's being funny. Oh, she's, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, being funny. There's so, I think she was also kind of poking fun at the fact that like, really, you're asking me about my friend cheering for me at this. And how does that make me feel? Yeah. How do you think it makes me feel? Yeah, it's great. I just won a Golden Globe. <laughs> That's the question you're going to ask me. They're like, he was sitting there going, Taylor Swift's here, got to figure out how to get, get it. Yeah. And what's, what, what's funny is it worked for him because he asked her, I'll bet a stupid question, but it was about Taylor and she answered it, but she answered it in a funny way. And now we get to talk about it. So what I'm learning is any celebrity that we interview, we always throw a Taylor Swift question. (laughs) Literally everybody. Next time Jared Leto is in here, we hit him with Taylor Swift. (laughs) Anybody. That's how we get attention. That's how you get clicks. So Brie Larson had a sentimental moment on the red carpet. So she ran into the person that inspired her to start acting. And she totally freaked out when J-Lo came up behind her on the carpet. That is so awesome. It was a really really sweet moment. Um, maybe I looked too much into it and I watched it four times this morning. I don't think J-Lo knew who she was. Oh, there's no way. Uh-uh. I think she had really? no way. I think she Even though she it. said, I'm such a huge fan? No, no, no. It was Brie Lawson saying that to J-Lo. Oh, she said, I'm such a huh? oh. yeah. yeah. The way J-Lo was looking is like, that's so nice. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's Brie Larson up on this platform with um, an interviewer from Entertainment Tonight, and J-Lo's coming up just minding her own business, not even really thinking about doing an interview, and then Brie just kind of sucks her in because she's like, oh, <laughs> And J-Lo's like, thanks, girl. And then Brie, having been embarrassed by the fact that she just cried in front of the queen, <laughs> J-Lo, is like, I got to go take a tequila shot, literally, R- runs out of the interview. The poor guy's <laughs> like, all right, hello, J-Lo, and then just starts talking to J-Lo. And I, admittedly, the second part of this interview where J-Lo starts talking about it, you can see that she really is touched by the mm-hmm. fact that um, a movie that was so important to her meant so much to somebody else, too. So. To the stranger. To the stranger. <laughs> you know off camera she went to her sister. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> you know she whispered in her assistance. You're like, who was that? Oh, I mean, that, that kind of that hurts a little bit because I'm I'm a huge Brie Larson fan. I mean, I've loved her ever since the United States of Terra back in the day when she was like a teenager. Mm. Uh, but like, I just finished binging Lessons in Chemistry, mm-hmm. oh. which oh, it's so good. It's so good. But I was so pissed because nobody told me about the emotional yeah. roller coaster yep. and the huge emotional gut. Punch I would get from watching this. When I said I sobbed, I <laughs> saw that I was not prepared for that. Anybody that watched this show knows what scene that Kristen is talking about, but the only other time in my life I have sat there and looked at the TV with my mouth open, not really understanding what happened, mm. was Game of Thrones Red Wedding. Yes. When that all happened, you're like, what? I, I couldn't even sleep. Same thing happened in this TV show. But, but then the episode right after that, when you know what character is speaking and talking about what happened, <laughs> and the whole time I'm like, <laughs> this is just it's so, so good. Oh, I hated that scene. I hated it. How does she not know who she is, though? She's an Academy Award winning best actress. God, The Room. Did you not watch the movie? Room. Room. I didn't see The Room. Oh, Oh, you gotta watch Room. It was was so good. good. It's J-Lo, man. She's not sitting there binging Netflix at night. She's busy. (laughs) She's too busy getting Duncan with her husband, Ben Affleck, (laughs) (laughs) and smoking a cig outside. All right, Oprah Winfrey is responding to rumors that she's beefing with Taraji P. Henson. I'll tell you what she said about the feud on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. You know the responsibility that you have as a man or a woman to be a great wing man or a great wing woman when you guys go out, right? For dudes, it's really not about safety. For dudes, it's like, hey, help your dude get a number, help your dude get laid. 
That's it. Okay. For women, it's more like security, right? Yes. Please help me from this guy. I don't trust this guy. He's a creeper. You got to be a good wing woman. Put yourself between the two of these guys, right? Uh, and pull your girl away. That's being a good wing woman. So here Mo is all night long working hard, hard for his friend. That, that is funny that guys, it's like the complete opposite. Women's <laughs> objection is extraction, yep. like getting her out of there. Yep. And your objection, you know, objective is to get him in there. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the one thing that apparently you left out for both is financial. I didn't realize that. You pretty much need a financial department nowadays to be somebody's wingman. Really? What? That's what I said, right? But this has now become like a pattern, and it really came to a head the other day with my guy. So, yes, in in my experiences of being a wingman, that is literally all you are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Show up with your guy, help him. If he's in a situation where he's trying to talk to a young lady, move on with your life. That's it. That's and all I am responsible for. If she is there with another woman, then as a wingman, you kind of come in and occupy the attention of the other woman so your dude can make his move, right? Right. Separate. Two reasons this is awkward for me nowadays. One, in my wingman days, I was always single. So it's a little easier when you're single because there's no boundary, there's no line that you have to draw. You can do whatever you need to do to help your guy out. When you're, when you're in a relationship, it's a little different because... You can't do but so much. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of flirting you can do. You got to get up out of there, right? <laughs> and then you're on your own. The problem with that is my guy doesn't uh, close the deals without offering things that cost money. And usually it's drinks. Mm -hmm. This is where the problem has mm -hmm. now come in for me as his wingman. And I need y'all as a show to help me decide on if this man owes me money. Because I believe he does. Set, yes. All right. Set the, <laughs> set the scene here. All right. So we're out. And this is like probably a once, maybe twice a month kind of thing at this point where I get it. My dude was in a relationship for a very long time. Now he's single. He's trying to enjoy his singledom, as I call it. Right. And every time we go out, typically someone will catch his eye. The last time we went out, we were sitting in the corner by ourselves, having drinks, doing our thing. There was these two ladies at the bar. One caught his eye. It was obvious. Like, he couldn't stop talking about this woman the entire time. Okay, so quick interjection. I'm so sorry. Uh, but if you see him and he, he, he picks his target, okay? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he picks his target. If she is so far out of his league, do you ever tell him, like, bro, no. Like, you can't, you can't snag that. No. Really? No. Never. No, no, no. I would never really? do that. No, no, no. Because no. no. okay. you, you never know. Yeah. Oh, okay. You never know, yeah. right? <laughs> Everybody's got a type. Everybody, yeah, yeah. I've seen some guys bag some women, and I was like, "How?" Right. <laughs> and you never know. I find this fascinating. Uh -huh. Okay. Nah, never. No. So we're sitting there, and then I can see he's being a little bit sheepish about it. He orders another round of drinks. So I guess this is him getting his courage up, right? Now, I get it because I think most men don't mind being rejected as long as no one sees it. Mm. I think it's a little different mm -hmm. when you get rejected in front of your friends and you got to make that walk back to the table and you feel like a loser because it just didn't work out and everyone saw you. Well, then, and if your friends really love you, they're going to give you a tremendous amount of crap once you get back to them. 100%. When, when they see it happen. There's going to be a minute or two where you're just going to have to take heat. And I'm that friend. <laughs> I'm the friend that will ask you, why are you back here in 30 seconds? Like, <laughs> how could you have done so bad that you were already back here? So he finally, like, Gets the courage. And as soon as he does, they're getting up to leave. Mm -hmm. So I go, perfect. So he's like, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. I'm like, no, this is perfect because go over there. If you get rejected, at least they're leaving. So you don't have to mm -hmm. sit there and have them stare at you for the next hour, yeah. wondering why you bothered them while they were having drinks. So he's like, okay, cool. So I encourage him to get up. And he's like, well, you got to come with me. I'm like, no, I don't. We're fine. <laughs> right? I get up. Training wheels, man. I get, oh, my God. I go with them. Now we're sitting at the bar, and we asked them if we could have their seats since they were leaving. They said yes because they had much better seats than us. So we sit down, and then I'm looking at them like, now's the time. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. Let's go. This is, this is the moment. We've already kicked them out of their seats. Right. Hey, can I have your seats because I'm a man and you're a woman? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, he's like, hey, um, before y'all leave, would y'all like another drink? That was his move. So I'm like. Okay, yeah, that's not a bad move at all. So surprisingly, she goes, sure, why not? Would you all, how many are we talking about here? There's two of them. Okay. So we get, he gets the round of drinks. Okay. I thought it was going to be a round. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, a round yeah. of drinks. Before I know it, jokes start flying, drinks start coming, then ask for another round. Mm -hmm. Well, who's supposed to pay for that round? 
then asked for another round. So at some point, we sat there for about an hour, and there were like four rounds of drinks. Mm-hmm. It got to the point they got so comfortable and confident in drinking with us that they started ordering drinks for us. Oh, they were like, okay. a round for everyone. Right. Yeah. So I thought when the check came that we were going to like split this somehow. Yeah. That's not what happened. Me and my guy now have to cover everything. And each time a round comes, he's saying stuff like, yeah, let's do it. We got it. <laughs> Another one. And I'm sitting there like, no, DJ Khaled. I don't. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm hitting my limits. I, there's nothing in this for me. I have a wingman. I'm hot. And then at the end of the night, I think the bill was like 500 and oh, something dollars. What? what were they drinking? Doubles. There were shots. There was food. They eating the food. Yeah, they were trying to make his dude look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that cost a lot of money. No, yeah, did, he, did, did he get had? Did they realize? Yes. Like, did they realize like we got one on the line and we can sit here and drink and eat for free as long as we're just nice to him? That's exactly what was you happening. Think? Because sometimes I've been in this situation too, where the vibe ends up being so good with the four of us that it almost isn't a, like, hitting on her situation. It's just like the four of us hanging out and having a great time. Okay, that's fair. It was like that. That's that's very true. But it wasn't good enough vibe where we was all splitting the bill. <laughs> okay. yeah. It wasn't that good of a vibe. So at the end of the day, he looked at me like, what, you want to do halves? And I'm like, what I'm going to say? I, I got I can't, I can't let them down. This is in front of the women? Or yes. Oh, okay. He didn't wait until they, if they were gone, it would have been like easier. But no, he's asking me in front of them. So yeah. now I don't want to look like that guy. Right. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we left, I was like, now you owe me half of my half. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you owe me half of my half. Yeah. And he didn't fight it. He was like. I kind of get it, yeah. but um, I still haven't gotten my half. But am I wrong for feeling like... No, no. not at all. No, you're 100%. <laughs> okay. 100%. Okay, man. he owes me half of my half. You worked hard <laughs> that night. <laughs> for nothing. Very hard that night. <laughs> he, no, he didn't work hard. You didn't work hard. You sat there and drank and ate and had a good time with some strangers, but you definitely got used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> the Burt Show. All right, and this email here, she wants to know, should I knock or should I not knock in the office here? Because the office has a really strict no smoking policy, but her coworkers are out there. They're smoking. She can smell it on their clothes when they come in. So is she supposed to narc? Is she supposed to eat this? What is she supposed to do? Hi, all. Love your show. And I value your opinions slash input on how to deal with the workplace situation. Clearly a new listener. I know. That's <laughs> never been to our Facebook page. <laughs> a lot of companies out there are implementing return to the office requirements post-COVID. I work in a hospital administration office, and I have several coworkers who are smokers. Thankfully, we have a very strict no smoking policy. Therefore, no one actually smokes in the building. The problem is the workplace smells terribly of cigarette smoke throughout the entire day. Many companies and hospitals, including mine, also have strict no-scent policies from things like smelly shampoos, deodorants, perfumes, etc., as they are irritants. Therefore, we are required to adhere to the policy. I completely understand that most smokers do not realize the scent that follows them throughout their daily lives. So, how does one approach the problem of the scent of cigarette smoke? I don't want to offend or hurt anyone's feelings, but it truly is a problem. Your advice is greatly appreciated. Thank you, Teresa. As a non-smoker, I have had that thought also. Like, how is it possible that you can't smell the smoke that's on you? But I guess when you're smoking all the time, you, don't. you just don't smell it anymore, right? It's like weed smokers also. We can we can smell you when you walk into that bar. I know you just got out of that, that choke wagon. It's, <laughs> it's called nose blind. Like, it's it? when you have, like, because my husband used to sell windows, right? Uh, this is back in the day. And he would go in people's homes. Like he was constantly going in people's homes. And he's like, some of the stenches he would smell, whether it's from pets or from whatever. And these people are just oblivious because mm-hmm. you live in it. I mean, we got three dogs. I can guarantee you if they haven't been groomed in a while, I come into the house, I don't smell anything. One of you all did. You'd probably smell the fact I got mm-hmm. three dogs. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. For this, I feel like you have to go to to whoever's in charge of laying down the law. Like if I'm just some random employee and I'm upset about the fact that people smell like cigarette smoke, I mean, there's really, you got no power. What are you going to do about it? Confront them and then you got some office enemy for the next however long you're at this job. I feel like you go to HR, you go to whoever your boss is and just say, hey, we've got this policy. I know it's bothering me. I'm sure it's bothering everybody else. What can we do about it? 
I, f- I mean, you can obviously say something, but I also don't know what would come of it. Like, what are they supposed to do? Because if they don't know they smell like it, they're not going to stop smoking. They can't really put perfume or other things on to mask the smell. What What would the smokers actually do about it? I mean, I know some people that have like a smoking jacket. So like you'd wear a jacket specifically to go outside and smoke to cover your clothes so it doesn't mm-hmm. stick to you as much. Um, I know some people that use gloves. And if you're at a hospital, you have plenty of plastic gloves laying around. I don't know how comfortable that would be. And that's maybe asking a lot of somebody. Um, but yeah, I was thinking the same line as you, which is why I started thinking smoking jacket. Like you bring it to HR, like, and these people that, I mean, this is a legitimate addiction and this is a part of their lives and, and they're they're going to do it. Um I just don't know how you how you prevent it. So is this, does she have a problem with this because it's affecting her ability to work or is she just a stickler for the rules and she don't stank so she doesn't think anybody else in the office should stank? I mean, I think she just doesn't like the smell. Yeah, she said it just smells terribly. She just hates the smell. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's one of those people that, and there's uh, there's also people who are allergic to it. Um, I'm I'm one of those people that's allergic to cigarette smoke. So mm. yeah, I th- I think that that might be why. I don't know if I ever told you get this is easy compared to what I had to do in Dallas. Um, I got a job on uh, who turned out to be my mentor on like a best friend show, and within the first three weeks of working there, I had to go to HR. I swear to you guys, this is a real situation. The overnight girl uh, at the radio station. Keep in mind, we're in an airtight studio. So if Mo comes in here smelling good, we can all smell Mo, man, because this is an airtight studio. So the overnight girl had a body odor problem that was mainly focused on the bottom half of her body. Okay. And you could smell it as soon as you walked into the studio. She used to crank the studio up. It would be like... As far as the heat in the studio? Yes, like an incubator. And as soon as we walked in, the morning show walked in in the morning, you could smell that part. So... My dude says to me, well, I know you're new on the job, but I'm going to need you to go to HR and tell them exactly what we're having to deal with each and every morning that we come in. So I had to make that call, which is a whole hell of a lot harder than the smoking one. <laughs> How do you explain that to HR? Yeah. Well, they knew what we were talking about. Uh, you so didn't have to explain it. I don't know if it was handled or not, or if it happened naturally, but the problem got taken care of. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Go. Okay, HR. Gotta say something. I think you gotta go to HR on it. The Burt Show. I'm so glad Abby didn't do what one in five employers say has been done to them when they are interviewing people for a new job. This is rare. Me not doing something. <laughs> well, in this case, you messed up in the right way. Oh, perfect. One in five employers say that when Gen Zers interview for a job, they're bringing a parent with them. No. What? Can you imagine if I rolled up with Carrie? Oh, oh <laughs> what? And she would have come too. You're lying. I'm reading. It's a new It's a new statistic, new survey. 800 U.S. managers are saying that they are hiring people that are older than college graduates now because they interview a so poorly. They don't make eye contact. They don't know how to communicate. They don't dress appropriately to the interview. But the one that stood out to me was the one in five that are bringing a parent to the interview. That's insane. I, I love my parents. I have a great relationship with them. The last place I want them to come is with me to my job because I don't want them to see how bad I'm messing up, you know? I'm not even putting this on, like, the Gen Z. I'm putting this on the parent. Like, at some point or another, you got to let your kid go, man. I mean, could you imagine if Hayden came to you (laughs) and said he he graduates from SCAD, he's got a job interview, and he's like, yo, Dad, I want you to go on this job interview with me. Boy, get out of (laughs) here. How do the parents not know that that's not okay? Like, that's yeah. the shocking part about it. He might ask that question of his mom, but he knows better than to ask me that question. I don't know, man. Could you imagine just pulling up and rocking your dad next to you? No. My, my mom did once famously walk into a McDonald's and say, my son needs a job, yeah. please, and then came home with the uniform for me to start working. <laughs> but she did the entire interview herself. Now, look, if your kid is 16 years old, man, yeah. maybe you go with him on his first one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't actually walk into the McDonald's with your kid. You might drive. I would just drive him to the parking lot and go, 
okay. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to make eye contact. You're going to have a firm handshake. We've already gone over all the interview questions. Now get in there and get your burgers. I see no problem. Yeah, if it's a minor, like you said, somebody in high school, I want to, I, as a parent, I'm going to know where my child's working and I would like to know my child's manager. Like that's just, I think for like protective purposes, right? Um, so, but I mean, being a part of the interview, Absolutely not. Mm. No. Like I would go, we would drive because there was a Dairy Queen right down the street from my, so we would go, we would drive to the Dairy Queen. I would go in, I would sit in the corner, you go do your interview or whatever, and then we would leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I get a dilly bar on the way out. <laughs> I wonder if it's still a, like a course, because that was a mandatory course for us in high school. What? Prepare for an interview. Really? Mm. That's smart. That is yeah. smart. Yeah, we I, had typing on a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> we had how to make a PowerPoint every single year up until high school. <laughs> When's the last time you made a PowerPoint? Actually, last week. Was it really? yeah. And I don't remember a single skill. I'm like, how do I make the 3D text again? All right, Taylor here wants our help. She broke up with a dude like a year ago, right? This dude was screwing around on her, and now he's back, and she's all excited about him, but she's not exactly sure if his like cheating past will stay there her parents don't even like this guy so she wants our help to get to the truth to see if he's like still that way or he's a new dude hey taylor hi how are you good thank you for calling us all right so tell us about this dude and why you forgave him and you're kind of curious if he's the same kind of dude uh well i mean we were together for three years and in that time he cheated on me the first time and I, it wasn't good, but I, I kind of still stayed. But then the second time, we broke it off. I, and then I was telling my parents, of course, like, you know, when you're, when you're breaking up and you're mad at the other person, you're telling your whole family about it. And so now they hate him. And now, mm. you know, a year has passed, and we kind of bumped into each other again. We've been hanging out a little bit here and there. And now we're kind of dating again. But now my parents are mad because they don't. They think he's going to do it again. They're like, once a cheater, always a cheater. But I don't know. He really seems like he's sorry about it. And I was wondering if you could do your Instagram thing. I heard you have a, a, a thing you do. And, and just to, like, prove to them that, I don't know, this is, I think he, he means it. You want to quickly explain know. what the Instagram thing is before, Abby? Oh, yeah. So for uh, our War of the Roses, um, or sorry, to catch a cheater, we can do War of the Roses, or we can do Snapchat Sting, or we can do Instagram Scam. And that's where I have a friend slide into the person's DMs and basically try to entrap them. Um, either they bite or they don't. Taylor, what makes you think that this is the time that he's actually sorry? What's different about this time around? Well, I, I think, first of all, just like being apart for a whole year, I feel like he really saw what it was like to, you know, not be together with me. And I don't think he was happy about that. So I really think, you know, he's going to try and do what he can do to, to make things right this time. He saw how upset I was the last time. I think he was upset, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So uh, I, I see. I don't know if I'm being naive, but I really believe, you know, what he's saying to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, your parents are really going to have a tough time accepting this guy. I mean, they saw you like they picked up the pieces probably of their baby girl uh, when he hurt you so badly. So that is sort of that's on his permanent record with them also. So I don't even know, like something like this is going to really help with them all that much. But it might give you peace of mind. Yeah, I agree. I think to catch a cheater will definitely help you. But as far as your parents, I don't think that there's anything you can do to prove that he's changed. I think that he has to prove that mm -hmm. he's changed. And that can only really be done with time. So I, I think maybe if he's around long enough and they see a difference and a change in behavior, that maybe they'll eventually come around. But I think that's going to take a lot of time. Uh, Taylor, did we clarify? Did I miss? Did does he know that your parents know that he cheated on you? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. He does know that. I, I, and I feel like he's really been trying to make an effort because of that, but okay. they're just not having it at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we can do this for you. Uh, just, I think your expectation has to be like, okay, maybe I'll get peace of mind and I can tell my parents that, but it's going to take them, like you guys said, I think a longer time than just this. So we can do it for you if you want. Sure. It's going to take marriage and three kids. <laughs> Even then. <laughs> yeah. Even then. Right. <laughs> all right, Taylor, um, hold on. We'll get some info and um, we'll do it tonight. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank right. you. I appreciate it. You got it. Bye-bye. 
If you listen to The Burt Show, you know we call romantic alone time piano playing. And if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets, the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping and rush processing. And that's not all. When you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby, A-B-B-Y at checkout. That's Abby, A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there's so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. Get it? The Bird Show. I think I have found my celebrity spirit animal. Mm. So it was a few weeks ago on here, you know, after you come out of a breakup, you start wondering like, okay, what do I really want? Who am I really? And if I am looking for a life partner, what really fits my life? And I'm a big fan of like not doing the same things over and over and over again that previous generations have done. I think just for me that because the statistics are what they are, that we keep doing the same things over and over and over again. So this has been a real journey for me in sort of trying to figure out exactly what I want when I fall in love. And one of the things I've really had to dig deep on is this, is I do love being in relationships. I am kind of a relationship hopper. Kristen has brought that up before. Love being in a relationship. You're a vine swinger. I'm a vine swinger. (laughs) Um, I just don't know, and we had this talk a few weeks ago, if I will be able to find a woman that when we are together to agree to not living together. Can you be married yet not live in the same house together. You can find somebody like that. You think? Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> yeah, you talk you about can. a unicorn, man. <laughs> I've been looking 20 plus years. <laughs> That's a hard find. Yeah, I think Mo and I are in the same boat here, you know? Like, the idea might be, like, I like my space. I have to find somebody equally that loves her space also. Um, I'm not scared of marriage. I am scared of living with somebody again. You might benefit from this new relationship tactic I just learned about like last week called astronaut time. And it's when you're in a relationship with someone, you and your partner, like you pre-agreed to this, but then you're like, I'm going on astronaut time. So essentially your partner treats you like you're in outer space in a full space suit and ignores you. They don't ask you any questions. They do not interact with you. So it allows you like... Like, if it were me, I could go about the house and do whatever I wanted without my husband being like, what's for dinner? Mm. Did you do this? Did you do that? Hey, let me talk to you about, I don't know, whatever electric car. Like, you don't talk to me at all until astronaut time is over. (laughs) And then we hang out. So you kind of get the experience of having alone time. Yeah, It's just about respecting space and boundaries and you invoke (laughs) astronaut time. I do love that. And that probably (laughs) happens in your house with Bart. Because when we come home after talking for five and a half, six hours, at least when I was in my relationship before, that astronaut time was one hour. It's a pretty quick trip to the moon. (laughs) 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 But there there was. I I do um, do use astronaut astronaut time in my home. I don't call it that. I just tell him, please leave me alone. (laughs) I I just, I can't right now. But no, 
And he totally respects it and he totally gets it. And as long as you have a partner that understands that dynamic and you don't take it personally, like I'm trying to switch roles here. I I also have to recognize my husband's a stay-at-home dad and I can mm-hmm. tell when he needs adult conversation and I wouldn't ever take that away from him and be selfish like I don't want to talk to you because I've been talking to adults all day when he's been dealing with an mm-hmm. almost three-year-old. Sure. So you kind of, you, you have to read the room as to when astronaut time is appropriate and you're not going to alienate your partner. So why did I even bring Cameron Diaz uh, up in this whole thing? Um, Cameron Diaz said in a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I got this DM over and over and over again. You did too? Uh, She said in in an interview, we should normalize separate bedrooms, she said. She says, I would really like to have my own house. You have yours, you have a family house in the middle, and he has his, right? So... You guys separate each other, and then you have family time in the middle of the house, and then in the middle house, but who can really afford that? And then Cameron Diaz. you go back to your own either houses or rooms if you want to dumb it down. She was also suggesting, like, I've got my room, my husband, Benji, has his room. We will meet in the middle. We'll watch TV together. We'll do all of our relations in there. That's fantastic. And then you go to your corner, and I go to my corner. And I got a million DMs from people saying that. I wish I could do that with my significant other, but they would never go for it. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, good morning, Lori. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. Um, I think this is a perfect idea. I think it's amazing. Um, I live by myself and have my own job and my own life. And when I come home, sometimes I don't want to interact with people, and I like having the choice to be able to go and do that. So. I think this is an awesome idea. <laughs> now, if you brought it up to your significant other now, I don't know if this is a man or a woman or whatever, uh, would they go for it? Um, don't have one, but if they're not down, then probably not going to work. Yeah. Honestly, I, I like my space, and I maybe why I'm 33 and still alone. But um, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, Lori, Bert, Bert, Lori. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll see you at the church on Friday. (laughs) Get it. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Oprah Winfrey is responding to rumors that she's beefing with Taraji P. Henson. So a couple weeks back while she was on the Color Purple press tour, she got asked a question that made her incredibly emotional. She ended up opening up to Sirius XM about the pay disparity for black actresses in Hollywood. And she said, you know, it's not fair. My sisters and I are not getting paid the same as other white actors and actresses. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sisters say the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. I'm only human and and Mm -hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling, when it's time to renegotiate, I'm at the bottom again Mm -hmm. like I never Mm -hmm. did what I just did and I'm just Mm -hmm. tired. I'm tired. So everyone saw this while she was on the Color Purple press tour and like, yo, this is crazy. I mean, the Color Purple is highlighting so many incredible black actors and actresses in the industry. And so people kind of made the assumption, Oprah is one of the big names on this set. How is she not advocating for these actors and actresses to get paid what they're due? And Oprah immediately shut down any feud rumors on the Golden Globes red carpet. She's saying, don't look at me for any budget issues because I wasn't in charge of that at all. But this entire situation has brought, I think, really important awareness to making sure that people are getting paid what they're due. Because I think she even said in the same interview, Taraji in the Sirius XM interview, I mean, she was paid like $150,000 for the curious case of Benjamin Button, which was one of the most highly critically acclaimed um, movies of all time. And I think Brad Pitt got paid like, you know, a bajillion dollars, and which is insane. And she was an integral part of that movie. 100%. I actually just saw the movie over break and I was like, oh, I didn't know she was in this. Yeah. And she is incredible. Puts on such a remarkable performance in that film. So it's awful. Wasn't that one of her early roles though? Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't yeah. like super huge back then. So I could understand her not getting paid anywhere close to Brad Pitt. Well, she even talked that to, movie came out. She even talked about it in one of her more recent roles, which I can't remember what movie it was for, but she only got paid $500,000, which when you're hearing about somebody like a Tom Cruise, they're getting paid 20 million, you know, for Top Gun. You know, why is it different for an actress that's been in the industry this long? So I, I think timing is important and I, I back everything that Taraji was saying up. I just think that it was 
interesting that she chose to do this during the Color Purple press run because obviously that's going to make people believe that you are taking shots at Oprah even mm-hmm. if you weren't. Yeah. So I, I, I was also shocked that Oprah responded because I feel like she doesn't really respond to much. Like you, you yeah. very rarely see her feel like she needs to defend herself, but she did. And I feel like if Taraji was not taking shots at Oprah, she should clarify that. Because it did make it feel like you were taking shots at her because of the time you chose to do it. Yeah, the timing. I mean, because obviously if you make a statement like that, they're going to connect it to your most recent project. Right. And most people on the outside don't understand that it wasn't Oprah. Producers don't pay the uh, staff. So she didn't have anything to do with that. Exactly, which is what Oprah said in her interview. She's like, I'm not in charge of the budget, so please look somewhere else for this. All right, some exciting news in terms of the Barbie movie. So we know that, you know, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, they have shut down any rumors that there is going to be a sequel. But Margot was recently asked if a Barbie musical is a possibility, and she said, I wouldn't count it out. This is not the first time we've thought of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun when you can turn everything into a big, crazy musical number. Yeah. Everything is infinitely more fun. I deeply love musicals. I, I mean, that, that would, I mean, nothing would make me happier. I love a musical. I love how Margot Robbie can turn on that English accent. <laughs> Just even, com- even though she's not acting. You, you know she's Australian, right? I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> Did we go to the wrong country all of a sudden? <laughs> no, I hope that they do this because I am so excited to see the new Mean Girls musical that's coming out in theaters, I think this weekend. It is. Because Mean Girls is such a good movie, and then you turn it into a musical, and you just up the ante with all of the current references. It's going to be incredible. You know who loves a musical? Bert Weiss. Yeah. You do? Oh, no. <laughs> I love love everything about musicals except the singing parts, which is why I want to swing back here for just one second, because we were just talking about The Color Purple. Yeah. Is that a musical? No. The movie? The new one? Yeah. It's yes. Just oh, the new one. The new yeah, one. The new one is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's uh, based on the stage show that Fantasia was in and Fantasia stars in the movie. Oh, okay. Yep, should have left it alone. Isn't that bad? All right, Jonathan Major's first interview since his assault conviction is out and his statement about his current girlfriend is controversial. It's on your next Ebos on The Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. Doing all the math on this, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I already told you guys I'm a short dude. I'm five foot four, right? So if I drop my phone, it's only like two and a half feet to the ground, okay? (laughs) And that thing shatters and busts, and I can't use it anymore, okay? That's only two and a half feet. So how is it possible that they found the cell phone um, that came out of that that Amer- uh, that uh, Alaska Airlines flight the other day where the door got ripped off, right? They found a cell phone sit- that fell from 16,000 feet, and it was in perfectly good order. It's all what? about how it hits, man. It's all about <laughs> yes! how it hits. It was usable. It's still <laughs> no usable. Way. That's I insane. swear, man. That Where'd they insane. find it? Uh, it, it was, well, two of the things they found in, like, you know, pe- randomly in people's, like, backyards. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know why it's mad. Was it in grass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you, it was actually open and working on yeah. and it was open to an email from Alaska Airlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is how it hits. My friend has a PhD in micro crack fracture analysis or something, and his whole job is testing how it hit, like things, glass breaks at different stress points. And so, yeah, it totally survived the fall. From wow. 16,000 feet, survived and was still working. Wow. Crazy. Right? That's insane. <laughs> and the fact that it had an email pulled up to Alaska <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> All right, so while Mo was on vacation, he didn't sign up for this, but some old dude decided to like school him about his generation. He did. Um, uh, I, I don't know what it is about me, but when I go out for some reason, it happens often. I always find that strangers love to tell me like their deep, dark secrets. <laughs> and I have no idea why. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that I'm normally quiet. When I'm out in social settings, I'm kind of to myself, just doing my thing. And somehow, some way, a conversation will always start with someone. And maybe they think I'm a vault. Maybe they think because I, wasn't, I don't say much that I won't say anything. But they just start telling me their secrets. And I never thought I would hear a guy actually say something like what this man said to me out loud. But he told me we were sitting there and he's in Dubai by himself, which is kind of how the conversation started. Because I thought that was interesting. I'm like, what brought you all the way to Dubai by yourself? And he tells me, well, it's a long story. So at first we don't start talking about it. We kind of just talk about life and eventually ask me what I do for a living and I tell him. So when he finds out that I'm in radio, ironically, he wants to share his story. He's like, well, I think I got a story you may have never heard. And I'm like, I doubt it, bro. Like, you've heard it all after a few years in radio. And he's like, nah, I don't think you've heard this one. 
So he said, you asked me why I'm in Dubai by myself. And I said, yeah. And he said, I left my wife because she won't let me cheat on her. It's literally <laughs> what he said. she won't let me cheat on her. Okay. So, I, I, I think that's a legitimate reason to leave somebody. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh-huh. Right. So, and you wouldn't be cheating if you got the green light. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. So he breaks it down to me. And all of this started because I had made a joke about um, how his generation failed us as men. Because I had a shirt on that had um, happy wife, happy life crossed out. And then underneath it, it had happy spouse, happy house. And he liked my shirt. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I really like that shirt. And so I had made a joke about how um, I'm like, yeah, that happy wife, happy life thing. I'm like, your generation of men just let that fly. Like, we're trying, <laughs> we're trying to say that our happiness actually matters a little bit, too. So then he laughs and he's like, that's when he starts to go into his story of, you know, if I'm going to be honest with you, when I was happiest in my relationship was when I was cheating. So I'm like, wait, what? This is you're serious. I thought he was joking at first. He's like, nah, man, I'm really serious. And I think you should talk about it. Because I think a lot of men would actually feel this way, but they'd never say it. They're terrified to say it. But I know plenty of men who feel like me. That were happier, happiest in their marriage when they had a side piece. 100%. Okay. Is there any dude listening willing to go on the voice disguiser and confirm that you are a better husband when you were cheating. No, he didn't say he was a better husband. He he does say that. He, he says he's better. He was. It's one thing to be happier in your relationship. It's another thing to think you're a better husband. So he said both. Okay. So, so once he so because I was interested and I asked him to break this down to me. What he said was in the beginning of their relationship, it was it was normal. After they got married, he got bored. He got he got complacent. He just it just wasn't the same for him. When he had a woman, another woman that he could go to and express himself and have whatever situation they were having. Feel wanted. Right. Desired, mm-hmm. wanted, all of the things. It just made him a happier person, which in turn made him a better husband. He was nicer to his wife. I know this sounds crazy, but this is what he's telling me. He was a better man. He was more patient. He was all of these things. And he never wanted her to know that he was cheating. But eventually she found out. And when she found out, he stopped. And he couldn't, he just wasn't the same person. What a when, quitter. He was, <laughs> he gave up on it. And he, he was like miserable in his marriage. He just wasn't the same person. And he was trying, he was going to therapy. He said he was trying to find a way to be that same guy, but he just couldn't do it. So he started cheating again and he didn't tell his wife. And then he realized he was happy again. And his marriage was like the best it had ever been in the times that he was cheating. So once she kind of put two and two together, like, Mm. Are you cheating on me again? You're too happy. Exactly. <laughs> he got to the, he was like, I didn't really want to hide it anymore. And he thought that she would react to it with like, well, if this is what you got to do to be happy, then do what you got to do. I just don't want it. I don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. She said that at first, but then after a while, she couldn't do it anymore. And she was like, I'm done with this. And then he was like, well, I think I have to leave because he genuinely felt like a, a little bit of cheating was making his marriage better for him and his wife. All right, so let me ask a question to two people then. We're looking for a dude to go on The Voice Disguiser say, yeah, I was a better husband and I was happier when I was cheating. Uh, 1-855-BIRCHO. And then I think we should look for the woman that said, he was a better man, a better father, and a better husband to me when he had a side piece, so I allowed it to happen. You found your woman. 1-855-BIRCHO. She's here already. Yep. All right. We'll call her Jessica, and she is on The Voice Disguiser. Hey, Jessica. Hey. Good morning. Okay, so he was a better man when he had himself a side piece. So, yeah. Um, I know you guys have talked about, like, situationships before and stuff like that. Um, but I have been in a situationship, and, like, we call it a situationship, but, like, we live together, and he goes and does his thing every once in a while, and then it works out. <laughs> Everybody's happy, and it just is how it is. I don't do anything, but he does, and that's just how how our relationship has worked. How did this deal get struck? Um, so a long time ago, um, we were official, and then it just was one of those things where, like, you're constantly arguing, constantly bickering, and I learned some things about him, and it once I knew and knew that he was still coming home to me. It was just one of those things that it just works. It's not all the time. It's every once in a while. Um, but, I mean, and then, you know, we'll go some years where it's none at all. So it just kind of depends. Does he sort of let you know when that is happening, or you just can feel it? 
before it was I could feel it. Now it's kind of if it happens, but it hasn't happened in a really long time here lately. So it's just been one of the, it just works. And you don't feel like you take any shots at your self-esteem because he's good to you and this is just physical with somebody else? Yeah, and the generation we live, or the, the day and age we live in, I mean, at least from where I'm from, no one's faithful. It's I would rather know than not know, if that makes sense. And where I'm at in my life, I'm focused on my career, and that's just how it works. So, so long as it's physical with somebody else and he doesn't get emotional or tied to her, then it's okay. Yeah, he is one of those that can shut it off. Um, so it is like, you know, doing the dirty is just doing the dirty and that's it. Yeah. It's nothing more. Hey, okay, if it works so, for you, works for you. Are you ever concerned he might catch feelings for from one of his escapades? Um, that definitely has crossed my mind. Um, and it's one of those things that I've also, we've also sat down and been like, all right, if you do, like, just tell me because we'll end it and we'll move about our ways and... We'll go our separate ways and make it work. So I'm curious if you came to him with the same deal and said, mm-hmm. hey, you know um, what? I think I'd be happier, too, so I'm going to try this from time to time. What's his reaction going to be? His reaction is he wouldn't like it, but he couldn't be mad at me for it, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you for calling. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, whatever works for you. That would mm-hmm. not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good morning, Oh, hold on a second. My bad. Am I going to three or two, Tommy? Either one. Tim, what's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. You got me on the voice disguise, right? Sure yes, do. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Double voice disguise. <laughs> <laughs> You're up? talking like Alvin the Chipmunk right now, man. <laughs> what's up, my dude? Uh, I was have been married, still married, 30 years. And there was a period for about nine years where... I uh, was cheating on my wife, and I was much better as a husband and much better as a father uh, when it was going on. Why do you think that is? Like, can you get to the bottom of what made... Go ahead. Yeah, I eventually understood that there was a a period where where we had kids and work pressure and building a family and all these things were going on. And there was always a lot of pressure. When I was in a situation where I was dealing with the outside person, there was no pressure. You could function freely. You could speak freely. You didn't have to be concerned about the, you know, about everything. There wasn't all this weight on your shoulders. So you could, when you could have a place to go and release all that stuff, you could go and let it all go. And when I, when I went home, I was able to pay more to my wife because I didn't feel pressured by everything. I was able to be better to my kids because you didn't feel like you had to be on, on, on eggshells all the time. You didn't have to be the very best version of yourself because nobody can be the best version of themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to be that. And after a while, you get to a point where, I hate to call it a phase, but for me, I think that's what it was. You kind of grow through it. And you look around every day, and one day I sat down with the jump off, and I told her, hey, you know, this has been great, but I think I need to move. I think I need to, to get back reinvested in, in where I was before. She was like, you know, at some point in time, we knew it was going to come. You do the thing one more time. You dap it up because it was great, and then you get on down the road. <laughs> so you stopped because you wanted to? You didn't, you didn't eventually get caught? No, 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 I didn't didn't get caught. I you just kinda grow through the front and grow the way you ease into that kind of thing. For me, you ease into it. It's not something you purposely get into. You just kinda slide into it and you're cognitive of what's going on and you get to a point where like all phases you kinda it kinda passes and you, you, you understand and you learn why. For me I learned why and I understood why and no therapy, no you know, I kept my secret. She kept the secret. The one or two other people who who knew never said anything. And we moved on, and it's been, you know, seven or eight years since then. And like I said, because I understood how I got there, you know, you kind of grow out of it. And, you know, and I was better during it, and I'm significantly better afterwards. Tim, man, I mean, you're married with kids. Where did you find the energy to cheat? <laughs> I'm just too tired to do all that. The Bird Show. Is she the a-hole for doing this one thing to a guy at the gym? All right, let's get into gym etiquette. 
She writes, I go to the gym to work out and decompress, and I don't see it as a place to be social. I wear large over-the-ear headphones. And I was at the gym, and I had just finished one of my sets for deadlifts when a guy walks over. This is something I'm used to, despite how much I dislike it. But he starts talking to me, and I'm able to pick up that he's flirting. All right, so let me stop for just one second for those that don't know what a deadlift is, okay? A deadlift is a an exercise in which a woman or a man is totally and completely bent over. You're working the back of your legs, so you're totally bent over, showing your ass to the entire gym, mm-hmm. okay? So that's usually a time where a guy starts to work his way in. <laughs> <laughs> She writes, I'm polite and I'm waiting for the proper moment to end the conversation. Now, keep in mind, she has those big old over-the-ear headphones on. She's doing a dead lip, like concentrating, okay? When he asks for my number, I decline. He keeps talking and going into the usual shtick of, why not? And come on. Are you serious? And at that point, I'm very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and also annoyed because my workout timer has already gone off and it's past time for me to start my next Mm -hmm. set. So I put on my big girl pants and I tell him he's making me uncomfortable and I just want to finish my workout. Does he leave? No. He keeps talking and going on about how he didn't mean it like that and he's not a bad guy. No actual apology to be found. Now, during this entire interaction, I've had to fart. I was being polite and holding it in. (laughs) I was being polite and holding it in until he left. But seeing as he's not, I think, well, I know a way to get him to leave. Yep. As he's still talking, I let it rip. Yes. It's silent, but rather smelly. It only takes about two seconds for him to catch a whiff, and he stops talking, and the face he makes is too much, and I have to bite my lip to stop from laughing. And that's when he gives me a look Mm. of, are you serious, and scoffs, (laughs) and finally leaves. And I'm left alone to finish my workout. Mm -hmm. But am I the a-hole for purposely farting in front of a guy (laughs) at the gym because he wouldn't take no for an answer? Absolutely not. If you're out in the wild... Um, you use what you can so your aggressor goes away. A skunk, for instance. Yeah. Mm. When a skunk is about to be attacked, what does it do? Sprays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it skunks. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just doing what she had to do to protect herself. I'm all in. All in on her. But... It is a public space, Doesn't so matter. it's not only him that it's going to affect. That stuff wafts. Do you know how many... This is an many, emergency situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many protein farts I oh. walk through in a gym oh. on a weekly basis? Yikes. Yes. Gross. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Y'all want to go to the bathroom? You can't. Uh, yeah. You got all these... Sometimes gym. come out in the middle of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Need a little extra power for that yeah. <laughs> Abby, have you ever been approached and been made to feel uncomfortable at the at the gym? No, which is how I know this girl is hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I look like a street rat when I go to the gym. Now, the gym that I go to now, it's not the kind of place where you can easily... Uh, it's like a class, so you can't mm-hmm. really approach people in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But what, at my old gym um, back in Florida, I never once got approached Ever. And I don't know if I should be offended by that or not, because I think people are just respecting my space. Do you ever do deadlifts and stuff like that? Like with the big barbells and like uh, the the weights at the end, the weight plates? We do deadlifts, but it's like everybody's doing deadlifts. No, so My theory is, though, women get approached at the gym, and guys, you, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, the ones I hear about who get approached and see get approached are always with like doing the deadlifts or stuff with the really long bar and the nah. plates on the end. Nah. We don't discriminate. You don't. You get an approach regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. I, mean, I guess you're just not hot. I know. I just guess I'm just busted. I wasted all this money on a nose job. I don't understand why people just don't get this. If you have headphones on, I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. That means, like, I don't want to be disturbed at all. Don't tap me on the shoulder. Don't wave me down for no reason whatsoever. Unless my form is all jacked up and you're a trainer. That's it. Exactly. I think the proper way to approach somebody at the gym is when they're not working out. Because if I'm in the middle of a set, don't buy bother me, but if I'm getting up to get some water, even if I have headphones on and that's when you want to shoot your shot, I can at least respect it because you waited until I was done. Yeah, she's not an a-hole. No. Not at all. Not the a-hole. It's all good. All right. Would you guys like an update on the guy that attacked that judge who faced her again in court yesterday? (gasps) Yes. Dude, I got to tell you, I had very mixed feelings watching this video yesterday. Uh, What what was mixed about it? You think he should be in the Olympics instead of prison? (laughs) Did you guys see the video? He's going to Paris, not prison. (laughs) Help out your country, man. Did you guys see the video? 
Yes, yeah. of course. You Everybody saw it? the video. Yeah, okay. it was horrifying. Um, not the first video, the one yesterday. Oh, the one yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. You they, know what I'm they, they brought about? him in like Hannibal Lecter, man. They really did. Like he was so wrapped up, like he had this black kind of mask around his face and. He was just... Um, he can't be trusted, though. I know, and they had his hands all, like, wrapped like he had, um, like, cooking gloves on, and ch- I, I almost felt bad for the guy because he was so wrapped up, and there were, like, seven different security guys there. I know what he did by jump- jumping over there to try to get to the judge, and he probably deserved being that wrapped up, but actually seeing a human like that, and it wasn't a movie, I did feel a certain way about it. Well, I mean, he, again, but he's... He facing, earned it. He yeah. earned it. He earned it. Yeah. That makes me wonder if he, like, fought a little more after. Like, that seems very extreme, even though he did attack a judge. Makes me wonder if he continued fighting in prison or behind Maybe. the scenes where they had to take extreme measures. Probably. Yeah. Probably. All right, so... The man that we're talking about, if you missed the OG video, this went viral um, last week. Um, A guy was in court getting his sentence. And as the judge was sentencing him, um, a woman in law, a judge in Las Vegas, she was sentencing him. He just ran and leapt over the bench and attacked her and took her to the ground I mean, and there was so much commentary on this video of, you know, how high he jumped to what happened to her, to the lack of response of the bailiffs. Like, it was insanity. So she had him come back to court today to face her. This was only um, to face her for the OG sentencing. He's going to go back to court to face more charges for what he did to the judge, but he's not going to see her. He's going to see a different judge because I feel like that would be a conflict mm-hmm. of interest. Mm-hmm. All right, so Judge Mary Kay Holthus, uh, Holthus sentenced um, Deobra Redden to 19 months to four years in prison on attempted battery charges. Now, he was originally in front of the judge in connection to a baseball bat attack on a person last year. Again, this is not related to the courtroom attack. So he rolled in. He had that cage over his face. Mm-hmm. He had he, the, the cooking gloves are called oven mitts, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm still learning. You said it. You said it. And I was like, I'm going to follow that away. But uh, some more information. So when he jumped on her, he um, knocked her out of her cha- chair, slammed her head against the wall, ripped some of her hair out. Two marshals were notified of a panic alarm. They were dispatched to the wrong courtroom. Oh, that's why there were so many around. Okay. That's, no, but that's why there was a, such a delay yeah. in handling the situation because a panic alarm went off. Bailiffs were slow, yes, but the marshals got dispatched to the wrong courtroom. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling way less uh, sympathetic to this guy now. He hit somebody with a baseball bat? That's why he was originally in there? Yes, okay. for, for, for yeah. battery. Um, so he he's going to go back to court um, to face, like, a 15 new felony and misdemeanor charges wow. related to the attack on judge on the judge. Um, I believe that's today. Today he goes back in front of a different judge to face the charges of attacking the the first one. Okay, so it doesn't sound like he's getting out of jail anytime soon. I don't think so. No. no. Nope. Uh, it's the Bird Show. <laughs> the Bird Show.